Hi everyone. I'm Jeff. Damn it, Jeff. <laughs> That's Don. Damn it, Don. And we want to welcome you to DGG Presents. We're your two favorite damn good games creators and game masters. And in this podcast series, we're going to go over damn good games content, creations, and some tabletop RPG tips and tricks to improve the whole gaming experience. So sit back, grab a drink, and enjoy. Yar. Alright, hi everybody. On this installment of DGG Presents, we're just going to go over work-in-progress updates. So to give you all kind of a little bit of an idea of what Don and I are working on right now to bring out to the patrons and everybody else out there as well. So the first thing we're going to touch on is our West Marches campaign. This is something that is available for our Legendary Tier patrons, and this is a online live game of D&D for a mass amount of players. Um, and it is an ever-evolving, changing world. Everything that people do on one session is going to affect the entire world as it goes. Oh, yeah. So we've done a couple different sessions of these, kind of playtesting and figuring things out, and we think we have a pretty good system nailed down now for you yeah. know, playing with a whole bunch of different players. Each session is going to be self-contained, so you know you don't need to worry about making a specific time for a session. It's just... When you're available and the DM is available, you know, you'll get together with three to five other players and a session is born. Yeah, definitely. We last one we ran was about like a year of content and playtesting that we went over and checked out. Uh the players were really interested and excited to have that as just a really cool experience and the community was really great. I mean, we're all adults. It can be really challenging to have a regular game, and this kind of scratches the D&D itch for us who can't make every game, but still want to play in a group. Yeah, and this was it was a perfect you know, experience to do mid-pandemic, uh, because you know people were stuck at home, not able to get around at tables often, and so we got a lot of traction, a lot of experience. We made a lot of changes and updates to what we did before to streamline it and make it happen and make it better and we're gearing up to get this going just as soon as we possibly can we're just updating all the documents we're going to be putting out some more podcasts and things talking about different aspects of the marches campaign um and but if anybody listening to this has any questions feel free to reach out to us and we'll answer those because you know we want to get players into this and get this going because we just we like the ever-changing factor of the people involved and you know the different actions and different decisions people make and how it affects the entire world for people that aren't even there to see it yeah uh one thing i would also like to add is that march is is very unique in the sense that players have a lot of control over the world building itself by what they choose to go and discover that makes things extremely interesting not only for the players but for the dms and that's a really interesting experience, especially when you see different perspectives with different DMs and how they end up playing, how these reactions occur, and how that shapes the world. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm building on that too. Is this is the way we're doing this? Is it's real open world. Everyone starts in this city and has has been self-contained within this area for you know 500 or more years. Yep. And so you've like the players have never set outside of this main city and explored. So the players get to decide where to go, what to explore. 
and there's you know it's just up to the players to get together you know someone saying hey i want to I'm, I'm available here and want to play a game other people join in and you know we make sure that everybody gets a chance to play so like people can't just form cliques or groups and only play with those people like if you know someone played last session and there's like you know five there's six or seven people that want to play the next session if somebody played the last session they've got to wait for another one yeah so yeah. we're making sure everybody gets a chance to play and you know it's continually changing teams now that's not saying you can't team up with people you like to do things but you know we're making sure if you're by yourself and you don't have anybody else in here everybody's going to get plenty of chances to play and experience this experience the world yeah and you know, you form new relationships and bonds, even with the other players, not necessarily with the characters. And you can form really cool friendships with people you never even knew you'd meet. I mean, that's one of the great things about a Marches community is there may be 50 players in your game. And so each week you may run into new people you've never met before. And that can be a little anxious at first, but we have had some really good success in the past with strangers meeting up and coming together over common goals and fighting over adversity and just becoming a really solid community. Yeah, it's been great. We can't we can't wait to start another one up again. So, you know, just keep an eye out for that. Drop us any lines. You know, that's probably our biggest thing that we're going to get going here as soon as we can. Uh, another thing is Don is working on a custom playable race that is compatible with 5th uh, edition rule sets, as well as a module. Oh, yeah. So the marionette, I've actually dropped a couple of development diaries on the DGG YouTube. But long story short, they are animated stuffed animals or show puppets or like the companion dolls that have porcelain faces that sort of thing and how they awaken to the world and choose adventure they can come from tragic backstories wholesome backstories heroic backstories i cover a lot of that in the video it's just it's a really interesting concept and i think that if you take the time to go through and look at those it, you'll really enjoy what we're coming up with it's in the final stages of open beta right now uh, a lot of our Patreon Patreon members are going to have a chance to review it first for the next couple weeks, and probably the beginning of March, the official release, will that be out for free? Next, I'm working on the Menagerie of Souls development, which is a marionette-specific adventure for one to third level. That's going to be kind of like Toy Story meets Coraline. It'll have this really cool kind of central tension between the corrupting forces of these evil beings and children and their defenders and everything. It'll be really neat. And then we have Jeff here. He's working on the luminary feat, which is involved, but <laughs> going over it, it's got some really good core principles and we've been working heavily on the development for that. Yeah. The luminary feat is, you know, I, I decided on the term luminary instead of just like leader or leadership or any of those kind of things. Cause one of the concepts of a luminary is you don't choose your position in life. <laughs> it is bestowed upon you or it just happens. Like one of the, the quote to start us off is, you know, you may not want to, but everybody's looking to you for answers. Like people just naturally look to. And this is like Don said, this is a really involved feat, but I'm trying my best to make this compatible with, you know, not only fifth edition D and D, but other, any type of other um, game, you know, TTRPG system. The basis is your character gains an influence score and your actions throughout the session of the story can either bump or drop your influence score. And the higher your influence score, the more followers you can attract. So now, you're saying like, for instance, 
if you make a really poor leadership decision that actually impacts your followers and how that all is laid out. Yeah. If there's a poor decision made, your influence score is going to drop. You will get access to a cohort that travels with you and your party and will fight with you. You also get access to followers. The followers will not travel with you and will not fight with you, but you know you can start building a stronghold or a base of operations, and these followers will keep it running. That's, that's cool. So they could also be like a crafting or information resource as well. Yeah. You know, you might get a blacksmith that wants to work for you. They just need a forge. So once you build them a forge, you have a blacksmith that's going to make things for you. And maybe they specialize in something, or maybe they give you a discount or, you know, maybe you get a librarian that has a lot of old tomes that give you access to old knowledge. There's a lot of different ways this can go. The basic for the cohort. One of the things is you can use the NPC rules and any, any type of gaming system for this per, for this character you can use the sidekick rules in fifth edition because this cohort will level with the character but they do have a loyalty and so you have to make sure you don't mistreat this follower that or this cohort or they could betray you or leave you or you know if their loyalty is slow enough they play at with some negative modifiers gotcha that's pretty impressive yeah, so like I said, it is really involved. It is definitely an optional feat, and it's definitely something that anyone wanting to take it as a player, you need to check with your DM first so they can kind of plan for this, because basically the goal of this is you're looking to have some sort of a base of operations somewhere. You know, you're wanting to have this character, whether it's a choice of theirs or it just is, happens to them, they are going to be a leader of the people in some fashion. Gotcha. That's impressive. Yeah, it might be a little bit of legwork for the DM, but if you're doing a political-based game, this would be a really good tool set for the DM to review. I think both DMs and players could garner a lot of information and help build some of their homebrew worlds uh, using this. I mean, really, this is an awesome tool. Yeah, definitely. So keep an eye out for that. There will be some review periods for the... Uh, legendary and epic tier patrons that we have to take a look at it and kind of give some feedback and and any sort of thing can happen with this it could show up in any of our live plays as well or any some play testing that we might decide to do heck yeah i'd be de totally down for a political like settlement building style D, &D game yeah. all right so something else that don's working on now is an animancer class you know a different subclass you can play all right, so the Animancer is an interesting class. It will be its own total core mechanic. It was originally named Witch, but it didn't really hearken to the witchy kind of feel. It focuses on using your own life force to empower and to create really cool benefits. One of the primary for forces or focuses of the class mechanics is a thing called a life tether. And depending on the subclass of Animancer you choose, that life tether can do things like amplify or share damage or share healing or create different buffs and benefits. It's been in development in alpha for about eight months total time. And we've done several play tests and it's still kind of underpowered compared to other classes, but it's like one of the penultimate support classes. I'll probably drop a couple of development diaries on that once I get Menagerie of Souls done, but it's definitely coming down the pipe. Yeah, you know, we definitely want to not have too many projects open and focus on all of them, but try and close the doors on one as we go. This is just <laughs> a list of the stuff that we have ideas for that we've started. 
that we're going to make sure we finish these before we throw more stuff onto the fire, obviously. Yeah, so, we, don't, we don't want to spread ourselves too thin. I mean, we're just yeah. a couple of dudes working on this stuff, using our gaming groups and our local community to play test as much as we can before we, you know, unleash these curses upon the masses. So something else that we have that is almost complete, we just have to, you know, kind of pretty it up a little bit, is um, a druid wild shapes table. So what I did is I took the time, um, I had some new D&D players in a campaign, and two of them decided they were going to be Circle of the Moon Druids. And, you know, like they had access to some wild shapes, but not all wild shapes. And so I decided it would be a really good tool to have just a the wild shapes for the Druids separated by their terrain. That's awesome. Yeah, just into a table you could easily reference, you know, with their with their speeds, their movements, their attacks, their special abilities. So instead of like flipping through pages or having to make all this information yourself about an owl, a panther, a wolf, and have all that or flip back and forth, it's all there in one table on one page, easy to access, easy to look through. So when you're wanting to do a wild shape, you can look for, okay... These are the ones I know, or these are the ones in this area, whether it be forest, arctic, coastline, subterranean. That's actually really cool because then you can use either like the player's background or even survival checks to see if they can locate those in a region that they're in. Like that can add an entire little story hook if you wanted. Yeah. And so it's it's pretty much complete. There's a slight tweaking here and there, and like I said, we have to kinda pretty it up a little bit so it's not just some plain old boring excel spreadsheet but that'll that'll be updated and released and that's already been a useful tool for um the players in my game so they know what the what the different shapes can do and you know have a quick look for it so they're not having to look up all the different things online open up multiple tabs multiple windows flip through multiple pages of a book it's right there this is what they know in the forest area and boom there they go that's awesome like yeah some of those that we're we're just lining up to try to damn good gamify (laughs) (laughs) yeah but you know this was just something that i thought would be really useful it was useful to me as a dm as well just to have that information right there in front of me so it's something that i figured would be a good thing to share and took me a better part of one day to find all the information and separate it out into the different biomes that are on there but I think it's going to be worth it. I think it's going to be really useful for everybody. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, One of the most difficult things for druids and wild shapes is keeping track and keeping that stuff organized. And I think this will be a great tool for both players and DM. And then the other thing Don and I have is we have a couple traps, uh, custom traps that we've made. We both participated in a uh, competition for DMs and about building traps. And so we have the ones we built for that and a couple others that were working through right now so one of the other things coming down the pipeline are just some custom traps that we've both made um of varying difficulty levels we don't yeah. want to dive too much into those right now because don't give a whole lot away but yeah. one um, thing they are yeah i think of... sorry <laughs> no. don's, just ready... don's ready to talk about yeah them. i'm excited because traps never get really a good time to shine. In a lot of dungeons, they're like, this thing happens and you take some damage. Usually it's like something that you use in a dumb dungeon to consume some resources that the players have to accommodate for. We want to make traps interesting encounters and things that actually are themed to your dungeon. So we're going to come up with some really cool, neat ones. Uh, Jeff here has come up with a really fun one that I, I, I really enjoy. 
you have to have the right kind of mindset for the players though like make sure that they're aware that this is going to be one of those where they're going to be like man this dm's a bastard but it's a good one it's a really good one anyways i don't want to go into detail and spoil the fun but all of you fellow dms out there i think you're really going to enjoy the traps yeah, it's because it's like this. This dive in just a little bit is it's not a deadly trap if the players decide to let things be. So it only becomes a terrible deadly trap if the players make the decision to try and like push their luck. Yeah, it's it's definitely like what do you call that murder hobo repellent? <laughs> that could be one way to do it. Um, something else also down the pipeline. This one might take a little bit longer, but. One of the things, you know, like with that Druid Wild Shapes table, I was like, this would be a really useful tool. Something else that I thought of that I've started working on, and, you know, Don's helping me get some input, is just loot tables. Because there's a lot of monsters and creatures out there that's like, okay, what kind of loot do they have? Like, it's not going to make sense for a skeleton, maybe, to have any coins left on them. You know? <laughs> or a pterodactyl to have a great axe stuck in it. <laughs> yeah and so you know like i'm working on these tables of like realistic loot tables for what creatures are going to have you know like skeletons would have probably some rusted weapons yeah absolutely not gonna be, they're going to do the job but they're not going to be worth very much yeah at best they might have some old jewelry that's you know common value or something to that effect unless it's you know magically treated and you know like monsters like just beasts out in the wild you know like if you're fighting a pack of wolves you're not going to find any coins nope yeah where'd that full plate come from yeah and that's just one of the things where i think it's really helpful for dms to have just some loot tables they can reference because players are generally all about the loot it's like oh i'm gonna loot the body okay it's a wolf but rather than being like it's a wolf you don't get anything maybe they're able to you know harvest some hide from that wolf yeah maybe wolf you know ate a ate a merchant and there's some coins in the belly maybe you know just like something that would be realistic but maybe a little more in-depth to find yeah you know, maybe like they find venom in a snake or yep or spell components that's one yeah. thing that you can do is have substitute spell components that can that are consumed yeah. that have cost like those are things that we're looking at as well yeah um and then something Don's been working on, and I'm kind of a fan on this because this takes me back to, you know, Diablo or Final Fantasy VII type things almost, is gems and sockets for weapons and armor. Yeah, so one of the things that I've always had a beef with, and, you know, I'm sure there's probably some 3.5 players that are pumping their fists in the air right now, is that 5e D&D, they're like, yeah, it's a plus one weapon. Well... Magic weapons were typically designed for a specific purpose, and gems and sockets allow DMs and players to customize magic items to have a specific thing. Early tiers, maybe it's only an additional point of fire damage when you socket this gem. But as it moves forward and tiers up, different sockets and different gems have like these synergistic bonuses that grow and develop. And you can make some pretty interesting weapons, armors, trinkets, even magical caster gear out of them. I'm not going to go into heavy detail with it because there's quite a bit of balancing that I still have to do mathematically. And DMs, there will be a note about power creep and how that can affect your game inside this little sub-module. I promise I won't ruin your game, or at least I'll try not to. Yeah. But a little note piece on this is this is a mechanic that does exist in our West Marches campaign. 
So if you're interested in seeing this in action a little bit, if you join our West Marches campaign, this is one of the mechanics that we do have in play there at a certain point. Yep. There are some upgrades that have to happen, so it's not going to be available off the get-go, but it is something that you can experience and take a look at, and it'll be part of the playtesting and help us balance this out as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look at us trying to optimize and use our fun for playtesting. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay, the last kind of current work and project we have going right now is uh, a module that I'm working on, which is going to be intended for D&D 5e, but will be able to be converted into some other different systems as well. Um, what happened was Don had this uh, kind of one-off, you know, kind of comic relief, just fun character to play because he wasn't sure if he was going to be able to play in a game I was running regularly. I took this character and made them kind of the focal point of an arc in the story there. So it's going to be a module from levels like either 5 to 8 or 5 to 10. I have to like figure out exactly where it's going to go. But basically you come across, your party comes across this old gnome that seems to just kind of be a little bit crazy, a little bit out there. Like he's, you know, forgets things, forgets who he is or what's <laughs> going on, you know, talks to things that aren't there. Yeah, but it turns out he has he has a key to something that has to be figured out, and so the players have to go on this quest to find a certain item that will allow them to kind of fix the broken mind of this old gnome. Yeah, so it just was something that Don and all my players really enjoyed that we came into with it, and so it's something that I took. That there are a bunch of notes taken on. I've got a bunch of things, and it will be something that down the line will come out as a mid-level module that should be a lot of fun one of the things i liked the most about it was uh any of you who are like final fantasy fans mm -hmm. might kind of recognize this this a little bit but uh, as he leveled he didn't decide new spells he had he remembered old spells he used to know so there you, there's a sage you know tell the sage kind of has a similar thing going on in one of the old final fantasy games whereas he all of a sudden remembers these powerful spells he forgot and that's the same thing with this gnome and so there's a table where when he takes damage or something stressful happens, you roll on this table and he randomly casts a spell. Yeah, which can be a real blast for DMs and to the detriment of some players. Yeah, like one of the funny stories that happened with it was this happened and the we rolled on the table and True Sight was cast on the party's Barbarian. And the uh, <laughs> they had the the bar they had the player did an excellent job playing this up because they're a barbarian. They didn't know what happened. Nobody else knew what happened. But all of a sudden, this barbarian had true sight and was seen into the ethereal plane and the spirits you know, and ghosts and all sorts. Yeah, of stuff. there there was another fun little situation that occurred and that happened in my game specifically. But that's going to be one of the things that uh, we put in our bloopers and extra folders. We'll, yeah. do a pod we'll do a podcast at some point as a Patreon reward of just like stories from our games that we reference in our podcasts, but don't yep. have time to get into. And the DGG storytelling corner. <laughs> yeah. Story time. So yeah, that's our current projects we have going on. We're still available as well because, you know, some of our uh, epic and legendary tier patrons, we can do commissions. If you've got, you know, a BBEG or you need a city or, you know, something going on, we still have commissions available as well. This is just, you know, what's coming down the pipe so you know what to expect yep. on top of, you know, our normal podcast release and some YouTube videos that are coming out as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one thing we're also going to work on 
I should stop saying one thing so many times. But anyway, one thing we're also planning on working on, as I'm going to stick to my character, is a lot of Roll20 how-tos. Because we are coming up with custom content, and it can be challenging, especially for newer DMs, to get into Roll20. So we're going to do a lot of step-by-steps that'll be YouTube videos. And as those get released, we'll drop a call-out to those on our podcast, too, I believe. Right, Jeff? Yep, and those will be very useful. Uh, I did not have a lot any experience with Roll20 before we started our last West Marches game, and Don did a tutorial that helped out a lot, and there's a lot of things that Don knows and experience that can help newer people, especially DMs, be able to do these things. You can do a lot with Roll20. There's a lot of custom content you can put in. It just takes a little bit of time and effort, and so you know these videos will kind of help show how to do that for some of our custom content as well so you know how to put it into roll 20 for use yeah the last thing we want to do is give you content and then make you have to work even harder to implement it like obviously these pdfs will be something that if you're sitting around a table with your buddies awesome i wish i were as lucky as you but i gotta use roll 20 most of the time so because of that i'm getting pretty good with it and i'm more than happy to make these simple straightforward how-to videos as i can yeah so that's our kind of current works in progress and we're hoping to bring those down the pipe to you you know give us a like give us a subscribe become a patron and you know give us some feedback let us know what's going on um if you out there got working on something similar to one of these maybe and you want to kind of like you know tie together and see what we got and plan out yeah chat to us that as well i mean let's collaborate i mean comp uh, collaboration beats competition every single time the more of us that work together to make this a great hobby the more our content is gonna rock exactly i have nothing to add to that so with that you know we'll uh see y'all later yep stay legendary folks Oh,